0: Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good morning, this is Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner, New York City, Midtown Manhattan and today as usual, this is going to address all things health-related for women. Uh, today's topic is specifically on treatment for polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, or PCOD. Uh, I've been speaking the last couple of days about the syndrome, uh, the or disease, its manifestation, diagnosis, and now I'll be speaking on the treatment. Uh, if you've seen the previous episodes, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS, is a disease which has a uh, diagnosis based on its signs or symptoms or manifestation and it can be divided into three aspects the most important or kind of the the pivotal aspect of the disease is anovulatory cycles which means uh, women do not have regular menstrual cycles they have skipped irregular cycles or irregular abnormal bleeding in place of or between their cycles so on average if you take the average woman with polycystic ovarian syndrome um, she'll get a menstrual cycle every four to six months and then potentially randomly throughout the year she'll have kind of wacky bleeding either bleeding in between the cycles or extended cycles for two or three weeks so we call that dysfunctional uterine bleeding because it's just abnormal bleeding without any rhyme or reason or pattern So the pivotal aspect or symptom of polycystic ovarian syndrome is irregular abnormal cycles and bleeding pattern or anovulatory bleeding. The second of the three aspects is hyperandrogenism, so increased sensitivity to male hormone or to testosterone and that will be manifested with male pattern hair growth, male pattern hair loss and increased acne. The last aspect is insulin resistance, which is pre-diabetes, diabetes, and the physical manifestations of pre-diabetes and diabetes. So central obesity and all of the metabolic disorders like metabolic syndrome, hypertension, and obviously insulin dependent diabetes, or even the um, non-insulin medications for diabetes. So that being said, the treatment I will base on those three uh, pillars of polycystic ovarian syndrome. So the first is anovulatory cycles. Now backtrack for a second. We don't have a cure for polycystic ovarian syndrome, so there's nothing that we can do to treat or to cure anyone and just take the disorder or the disease away. So we treat the signs and symptoms. The first is anovulation or anovulatory cycles. As I mentioned, women with PCOS do not ovulate on a predictable regular pattern, but they do have normal hormone levels. So um, historically, we've treated the um, aspect of irregular cycles either with medication or with surgery surgical aspects to treat it is called ovarian drilling or ovarian wedge resection. So we'd look at the ovaries as I mentioned previously the ovaries most commonly will manifest anovulatory cycles because there will be tiny little cysts all over the surface or the outer external edge of the ovary those cysts are called follicular cysts we say this lady has a polycystic ovary and it's due to the anovulatory process so the hormones are normal eggs or follicles are recruited and then they arrest in development so they don't get to the stage where they ovulate ovarian wedge resection. Wedge resection was a treatment where the uh, women would undergo surgery and literally a wedge of the ovary was removed. These ovaries are usually very plump because of all the tiny cystic changes. So on average the ovary is going to be about five to six centimeters which is about oh i don't know what that is maybe the size of a tangerine and then a large wedge of the ovary would be removed. It was thought that removing the majority of the the tissue, the stroma of the ovary would decrease the hormonal, uh, even though the hormones were normal, but the hormonal imbalance, because as I mentioned, um, there's a slight hormonal imbalance predominantly that allows that anovulatory uh, manifestation So removing a large portion of the stroma, um, which is hormonally reactive, it was thought that that would decrease that hormonal um, inequality that manifests in the anovulatory cycles. And for the most part, it does actually work. So you operate on the lady from both ovaries. You take a large wedge out of the ovary and repair it. So you reduce that ovary from about a five to six centimeter or a tangerine size ovary down to at least 50 or sixty percent of its original size. So now you have about a three centimeter or be um, three centimeters would be about the size of um, be smaller than a plum like a, a really small plum or um, a fig. Fig is better. (laughs) Fig is a better representation. And when you did that, this lady would have normal, regular ovulatory cycles, usually for several years. Now, that's an open procedure historically, so it'd be a cut, like a C-section cut, or the same cut that we do for hysterectomy, which, of course, also incurs the recovery and healing time time off of work, anesthesia, recovery, all of the whole nine yards just to get predictable regular cycles. So when the age of laparoscopy or keyhole surgery or camera surgery came about, the wedge resection, simply because realistically uh, the ability to suture was difficult when the laparoscopy um, uh, technology became available, uh, the idea was instead of just cutting a big wedge out and we can achieve the same results by just destroying a large portion of the ovaries because that's what the red resection does it eliminates a large portion of that ovarian mass so the drilling was literally like a drill just destroying large portions of the ovary by drilling holes into it So cutting holes all through the surface of the ovary and trying to achieve the same result destroy or um, eliminate Approximately 50 to 60% of the ovarian tissue and it's stroma. And of course that worked also. But still, it's time off of work, it's surgery. The recovery time is minimal because it's laparoscopic, so it's camera. Uh, but it still incurs uh, a time commitment in the anesthesia, which can be p- potential morbidity and some healing with pain. So, uh, the surgical treatments have really fallen out of favor because we have medication. Medication is birth control pills. Birth control pills we don't only use for birth control, we use them also to manipulate the cycles. So the birth control pills are easy. You give this lady birth control pills and the birth control pills manipulate the menstrual cycles because they manipulate the stimulation of blood on the uterus and blood coming out of the uterus so the birth control pills are easy of course you have the situation where some women don't want to take birth control pills or they don't want to have to commit to taking a pill every day at the same time or they might have cardiovascular disease, uncontrolled hypertension, migraine with aura, history of strokes or history of deep vein thrombosis or superficial thrombophlebitis. Any of those disorders, um, you're not supposed to take estrogen. So now she can't take the birth control pills for whatever reason. So an alternative to that is progesterone only or what we call a progesterone only pill or what some people call the mini pill. So the mini pill does not have estrogen. Patch, of course, is it's not as uh, reliable as the ones with estrogen because estrogen is what helps decrease abnormal bleeding or breakthrough bleeding, non-scheduled bleeding. So, of course, it's better than nothing, but it's um, not as good as the estrogen-containing pills. So the progesterone-only pill, uh, the same rules apply, though. You do have to take it every day at the same time. However, you can take the progesterone-only pill even when you have those uh, medical issues if someone doesn't want to take the pills whether it's the regular combined or the mini pill obviously they don't want to undergo surgery to have regular predictable cycles then the alternative is just to take Progesterone to clean out the lining inside the uterus so that we don't have this question of whether there's abnormal buildup or not so they can take medroxyprogesterone acetate Uh, the brand name is is Provera so they can take progesterone just to clean the uterus out every three to four months in order to prevent any potential problems with abnormal or precancer cell changes so that's an easier route for people who don't want to take pills every day A fairly or relatively newer prescription is metformin, (coughs) sorry, and metformin is a medication we use to treat diabetes. However, it has been seen that because it helps to decrease insulin resistance, that does seem to help regulate or to... um, allow for more predictable menstrual cycles so a lot of women in the last few years who can't take the pills for whatever reasons or don't want to take the birth control pills for whatever reason or maybe they want to get pregnant uh, they've been given metformin Catch with metformin, is it does have a lot of GI issues with it. So women take metformin, usually they'll start off at once a day and sometimes twice a day. They'll have a lot of intestinal problems, gas, bloating, loose stools, diarrhea. So can't get something for nothing. And I guess last but not least, for women who don't want to take the birth control pills, don't want to take the progesterone or Provera, don't want to take the metformin, Realistically speaking, if they naturally get their cycles every three to four months and they're not having issues with abnormal bleeding, they don't have to take any medication at all because, uh, as long as medically, as long as you're getting the cycles ideally every three months, the concern for abnormal tissue buildup or pre-cancer changes inside the uterus is very, very, very low. Uh, I'll speak on pregnancy and polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, on another presentation. So I hope that's been helpful Uh, information on one aspect of treatment for polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, PCOD, that aspect being the anovulatory cycles and how to regulate them. Uh, This is Dr. McDaniel at Midtown GYN in Midtown New York City. Uh, Midtown Manhattan, please check out our YouTube channel. It's GYN Corner just as the Facebook page is also GYN Corner All things health-related for women Please like please follow on the Facebook subscribe on the YouTube channel Please share it with friends and family and please post any questions you have or topics for uh, presentations, I'd love to to address topics that people are um, eagerly or um, uh, desire to hear thanks again have a great rest of your friday and i'll be back tomorrow at the horse farm bye thank you for joining dr mcdaniel at gyn corner all things health related for women please subscribe and join us again soon for another episode